All right. What's up, Dream Warriors? <laughs> Ow, fuck. What the fuck? It's <laughs> kicked my table. Fuck me, that hurt. Get out of here. Anyways, what's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast on Elm Street. I'm Mark. And I'm Brooke. And that hurt a lot. Uh, this week, we are talking about Oculus from 2013. Yes, we are. We were supposed to be dropping an episode with our friend Josh this week on It Chapter 1, but we all got a little intoxicated on Saturday night, and that kind of threw the whole Sunday morning recording yep. out the window. <laughs> it did. It so did. Uh, we had to come in the clutch and figure out what we were going to do, and this is what I decided on. Yes, and why is that? Uh, because when this movie first came out, it scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been a huge fan of mirrors. I find like just like I can't look in a mirror when it's dark. It just fucking creeps me out. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just some weird fucking stupid thing. And it's like in movies, like whenever they have like the medicine cabinets and they open the door and right. they close it, like I'm always expecting there to be something in behind, like behind them, whenever yeah. they close it. But uh, yeah, this movie and um, the movie Mirrors fucked me up pretty good whenever they first came out. Right. But uh, yeah. And and with uh, Candyman kind of too, actually. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, I think there was like an, there was a Bloody Mary movie that freaked me out too. I can't remember which one it was, but Mm -hmm. anywho. Yeah, that's why I picked it. I wanted something scary to talk about. We've been nice. going easy on each other lately, so <laughs> no more yoga hosers and funny shit like that. No, no. Um, well, that was a special episode. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. But um, did when's the last time you watched this movie? I think I first watched it maybe I don't know three or four years ago. Okay. Um, like when it first came on Netflix, I think. Okay. What about you? I watched it when it first came out and maybe once after that. And then I just kind of stayed away from it for a while. Mm. But uh, yeah. I mean, we both like the director of it, but we'll we'll get into him after. Yes. He's been talked about on some other podcasts and it that was another reason that kind of like sparked it for me. Okay. But anyways, before we dive into this movie what have you been up to this week so this week um haven't been up to that much compared to last week (laughs) (laughs) um i already talked about it briefly but i watched uh saint mod yeah um i won't say much on it all i'll say is i do not recommend it (laughs) (laughs) um if you want to hear my more of my thoughts on it go check out our patreon page Mm-hmm. And another movie I watched, which I won't say much about because I need to make a video to put on our Patreon page. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the new Ron Turn. Right. And I would highly recommend that one. Yeah. So cool. that's yeah. it. Just the that's two? it, man. God damn. Okay. That's yep. this is good for me because I'm starting to catch up with you guys a little bit. Oh, shit. I'm up to 115 movies now. 
Oh, damn. Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking nonstop, man, nonstop. Like every day I'm trying to fucking bang out at least one movie so I can catch <laughs> up to you and Josh. It's fucking stupid, man. Um, but as for me, we were just on an episode with Michael from We Love Horror and we talked about the children. So that's another one that you've watched, obviously. Yes. Um, I watched The Lie, which was one of the Blum, well, Welcome to Blumhouse movies that came out last year. Okay. There's four of them that are released, and I've watched two of them, and both of them have been all right. Nothing like crazy special, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady and I watched Detective Pikachu the other day. That was my second time watching it. No, yeah, it's pretty decent, actually. I love it, man. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I was really excited whenever they announced it, because I was like, oh, man, like real-life Pokemon, this is fucking sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched Charlie's Farm the other night. Yeah. Which is an Australian horror movie, basically like a fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre ripoff. Uh, I wasn't feeling it until the part that I texted you about. (laughs) There's a kill in that movie, man, that I was just like, oh my God, what did I just watch? Yeah, it's pretty fucking wild. Yeah, insane. Is it it long? No, I think it's only like, yeah, it's only an hour and a half. Okay. But uh, I mean... It's not a great movie by any means, but maybe if you want to check it out. Uh, I watched An Unquiet Grave, which is a new one on Shudder. It's only 72 minutes long, but I don't recommend it. I found it really boring. Okay. Maybe Uh, that's why it's only 72 minutes. Possibly, yeah. Realistically, the runtime itself is probably like maybe 68 minutes when you don't account for the fucking credits. Uh, last night I started watching the Jurassic games and I finished it this morning. (laughs) (laughs) This movie, this movie is fucking nuts, man. It's literally like what the name is. It's like Jurassic park meets the hunger games. Yeah. And, uh, I had a lot of fun with it. It's by no means a good movie, but it was just a fun, fun watch. When I first saw it, like when I read like the synopsis to it, all I could think about was, uh, fuck. Uh, the Condemned? Yeah, Condemned. Yeah. Meets the Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like that. It's, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun movie. And also today I watched Beetlejuice. Oh, really? Because it was on Netflix and it was like, it was on a, I think it was on the trending list on Netflix. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to watch this. It's been nice. a while. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, me too. And that's it. That's it. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. I told you I got to catch up with you fuckers. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can. Hopefully. I don't know. We'll see. I just added <laughs> Oculus, so. True. So well, so did I. Yeah. All right. You ready to hop into this movie? Yes, sir. <clears throat> Okay. 
Okay, before we start our discussion, what are you drinking tonight? So I am being boring yet again. Uh oh. And I am drinking a Coors Light. Oh man, what the fuck? The crack isn't even that great. <laughs> you know, you can get bottles of water for cheaper than that, right? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say anything. I am drinking a black cherry Bud Light seltzer tonight. Oh. Uh, this is my, we partied on the weekend, so I grabbed a six pack of these. Yeah. Just to stay hydrated while I was still drinking. Um, that's my theory. Don't at me. My wife hates it. So you're saying they're a pretty good seltzer. Yeah, they're, they're better than White Claws, I think. But uh, yeah, I enjoy them. All right. <laughs> uh, starting off with the synopsis, a woman tries to exonerate her brother who is convicted of murder by proving that the crime was committed by a supernatural phenomenon. Yep. I don't know about you. I'm not a fan of the synopsis. Um, I don't mind it. But is that... Uh, yeah, that, the the exonerate thing is, is kind of pointless because he's out of jail anyway. Well, he wasn't even in jail. Like, he was in a mental institution. Well, true, yeah. And, like, is that the reason why she's trying to prove this? Yeah, I feel like I, it's for her own. Yeah. I just feel like the synopsis is, is a little misleading, but... Definitely. Whatever. I'm just picking nits. This movie was directed by Mike Flanagan, who has quickly made a name for himself in the horror community over the past decade. Uh -huh. uh, he's most famous for directing The Haunting of Hill House, uh, Gerald's Game, Hush, which is a movie that we did a little while back. Yep. Um, Before I Wake and uh, Ouija Origins of Evil. Mm -hmm. Now, we both liked Hush. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we like The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Have you watched his other stuff? Like Gerald's Game or Ouija? Or... Uh, yeah. Uh, Doctor Sleep, I really liked. Oh, yeah. That too, actually. Um, Gerald's Game, I liked. Even though there's one scene in it that's fucking terrible to watch. Mm -hmm. um, I still haven't watched Bly Manor. Uh, <clears throat> yes, you heard that right, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I like, I like Mike Flanagan. Mm -hmm. Me too. Uh, I was listening to another horror pods episode today on their top five remakes. And Michael made a comment on there that I was just like, oof, man, I don't know about that. Uh, director of all time. Well, he compared him to James Wan, like for mm. skill wise. I was like, yeah, not sure I can agree with that. Don't think he's there yet. Not yet. Um, have you watched Before I Wake? I think you've asked me this before. Yeah, it's probably um, like the third or fourth time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I have, but I do not remember okay. it that much. Hmm. Maybe I should pick that movie for this episode. Probably a good idea. <laughs> I love that movie. But... <laughs> Anyways... The cast list starting off with Karen Gillen. Is that how you pronounce her name? Gillen? Gillen? Gil Gillian? Gil well, there's, I don't know. 
G-I-L-L-A-N, Killen, whatever. She played Kaylee. Um, she's been in the Marvel Universe ever since the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Like yeah. She's in both of those movies, the third one that's coming out, uh, Endgame, Infinity War, and that might be it. Wow. What am I missing? You're going to do her like that. Oh, she's she's going to be in Thor. I know that as well. Yes. Um, she was also in Jumanji. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm getting to that. I'm just talking about the, oh. the Marvel Universe. Oh, it was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, and she's in both the new Jumanji movies. And, pff, dude, she's looking like a slice in those movies. Dude, she's so funny in those movies. Yeah, she is. And, uh, yeah, I find her very attractive. Mm-hmm. Um. She actually got her big break in Doctor Who, which I did not know. I did not know that either. Yeah, she's in one of the 45,000 seasons of that. <laughs> uh, next up is Brenton Thwaites. He played Tim. And as I was watching this, I was like, why do I recognize this fucking guy? I know, me too. And then I went to his IMDb to do this, and I was like, oh, shit, he plays Nightwing in Titans. Oh, shit, I just saw that. That's crazy. Yeah, so that's where I knew him from. But he's also in The Giver, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, Maleficent, and Gods of Egypt. Mm. Yeah, I still... uh, I think I watched like two episodes of season two of Titans. Yeah. I don't know know why I haven't gone back into it, because it was a good show. I'm in the same boat, yeah. I think I've watched maybe two or three episodes of the second one. But um, I actually have a buddy that was an extra in the second season really yeah because they filmed it in kingston i guess and they did like a roll call for a bunch of extras in a prison so you can (laughs) see him in the background like working out in a prison yard Hmm. well actually jacob mcguire so one of our patrons his older brother oh right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i think i remember hearing that yeah um next up on the cast list is katie sackoff and she played marie Mm mm-hmm uh, she's in Battlestar Galactica, um, Riddick, Halloween Resurrection, Another Life. Put live, another live. No, that's not right. Another Life. Uh, the Flash TV show, Longmere, and 24. Yes. And lastly, I have Rory Cochran, who played Alan. He's in The Outsider, White Boy Rick, Black Mass, Argo, CSI Miami. And one of my favorite movies of all time, Dazed and Confused. Oh, shit. He was so good in Dazed and Confused. Like, seeing him now, it's just like, wow. How did you I haven't watched him? that movie in a long time, so I do not remember him at all. He plays Slater with the long, long hair. Like, the, the pitcher kid? The, no, 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 not him. Oh, the, okay. Like, uh, one of the bullies? No, he's like the fucking burnout. Uh, okay. George Washington was in a cult, man, and that cult was into aliens. <laughs> I'll have to rewatch that now. Dude, he's so funny in it. Um, but yeah, that's all I have for my cast list. Did you have anybody that you... Um, yeah, I thought that uh, the kid that played young Tim mm-hmm. looked really familiar, and I see that he was in like some of the Insidious movies. Oh, really? He plays young Josh. I don't know if it was a big role, but Hmm. he looked very familiar to me. He reminded me of... uh, 
It was one of the shows on like the Disney Channel or something like that. He reminded me of one of the kids from one of those shows. Uh, okay. Don't ask me fucking how I know. I don't know. Uh, Sarah has a younger brother. Maybe that's how. Yeah. Or maybe um, I just there's another watched... person, but uh, I'll save her for our discussion. Oh, yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Quick little cameo. Yep. Yeah. All right, man. Ready for this discussion? Let's do it. So I find this movie starts off pretty strong. Yep. Like going back and forth between the uh, the kids and the older, like the older Kaylee and Tim to the younger ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of get some backstory. A little bit of backstory on what happened. Basically, Tim shot his dad, killed him, and he's getting discharged on his 21st birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then older Kaylee, she goes to like this auction house and she's decided that she's going to... Uh, does she buy the, the mirror or does she like rent it? See, that's one thing that confused me because the way that... The way that I was thinking about it at the start was that like she worked for the auction house. Yeah. And this was like part of an estate sale and she was getting rid of it. But that's obviously not what happens. Because whenever she picks it up, she says, I'll take good care of it. Yeah. But then like they have it on the auction going for like $10,000 or something like that. It's a starting bid of $10,000. So I don't know if she was like tasked at like, making sure it gets to the person or if she like had to package it up or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Somehow she gets it in her hands though. Yeah. Um, If there was one thing in the world that you would either spend that much money on or like take a loan out for that much or like mortgage your house or something, is there anything that you would buy? Oh man, it would definitely be a mirror from the 1700s. <laughs> like, what would you spend it on? <laughs> yeah. uh, what was it? I think it sold for like 12000 mm-hmm. I don't know. What could I get for $12,000? I don't know. Can you get like a... Yeah, you could probably get a jet ski for twelve grand, or like a snowmobile or something. All right. Something, All right. something fun. Yeah, I don't know. What would you spend twelve grand on? <laughs> um, if I if I owned a house, which I don't, I just rent right now. But I would invest that money into my own movie theater room. Okay, okay. Now we're talking. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm down with that. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, uh, let's put out a loan and we'll we'll yeah. do it. Let's try and find this mirror and sell it for twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> Call up old Mike Flanagan. Hey, you guys still got that prop from uh, Oculus? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Kaylee, she has all this money because she got an inheritance from her parents. Mm -hmm. But it's like, how much money do they actually have? Because it didn't seem like her mom worked at all. Yeah. And her dad or their dad was a writer, I think. He was a software software engineer yeah or something like that but he had just started his own business yeah i think you're right um so it's like how much fucking money does this family have like Mm -hmm. we learned that she gets she got the house because tim is out of the jail or out of the psych ward now yeah um you get this little 
kind of back and forth between his doctor and him. And the doctor, I guess, after all of these years, <laughs> finally says, yeah, I don't think uh, Tim's crazy. It's just in his mind. He isn't, <laughs> he isn't any harm to himself or anyone else. Mm-hmm. And then just gets out of jail or wherever he is. Well, and he gets to this conclusion because of a dream that Tim had like seemingly the night before they had their meeting and the doctor is like, Oh, or Tim said, cause that whole like opening scene, Tim wakes up from a dream mm-hmm. and uh, he tells his doctor, he said, that's the first time after all these years that I've had that dream that I was actually holding the gun. Yeah. And the doctor is like, Oh, Eureka, <laughs> you're cured now. You can leave. Yeah. Like, what the I'll fuck? Just- put a signature on that you're good to go yeah (laughs) but like kaylee gets this house because i guess she just got out of foster care or did because how much older do you think she is than him she's 23 and he's 21 so she's been out of foster care for a while since 18 probably i would assume yeah so she got engaged in that shorter time yeah someone to james lafferty Yes. Who is also Nathan Scott from One Tree Hill. I honestly didn't know he acted in anything else. Me either. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly thought like Sophia Bush was the only one that did anything afterwards. Yeah. Well, uh, fucking, uh, what's his face? Lucas, he did uh, House of Wax, but. I think that was while they were filming One Tree Hill, wasn't it? I don't know. Yeah, it probably was. It probably was. But, uh. Yeah, so now whenever she gets this house, it's like 11 years after the whole incident between the whole family. Um, And I found like there's a lot of back and forth in this movie. And I guess you kind of have to have it, but Mm -hmm. I felt like there was still way too much. This is something that I talk about at length in my review. Yeah, me too. I wrote a very... uh, mark review for this one. Oh, did you <laughs> yeah very nice <laughs> what do you think the scar was that was on marie the mother uh cesarean scar okay that's what i thought like from a c-section yeah yeah that's what i figured but it doesn't ever talk about it right no no but uh sarah had c-sections for both of our kids so she has mm. that scar yeah like i kind of figured it was but they never really say it all like was the c-section from kaylee or tim yeah or both i don't know yeah and i don't understand the significance of it either because like she points it out at one point she's like the only thing i can think of is whenever the mirror is like really doing its work on the family Mm -hmm. and she at first she's the one that's starting to hear things like um she's like leaving the room at one point and she hears him call her an obnoxious cow, I think. Yeah, I something it, like that. I wrote yeah. it down somewhere, but... Oh, grotesque cow. Yeah. And she's just like, what did you say to me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I didn't say anything. So like that at that point, I think that's maybe where it's coming into play. Possibly, yeah. Because um, she is self-conscious about it. Yeah. Um, do you think the crack in the mirror is like representative of the scar on her stomach. 
Well, we know that the crack in the mirror is from the gunshot. Yeah. So true. I don't think so. Hmm. But I think that scar has to have more meaning than what we're mm-hmm. digging up here, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're just kind of, I don't know. Maybe they just threw it in there. Yeah. Um, at the one flashback near the beginning, whenever uh, Alan is like in the house and he opens up the fridge and there's like no fucking food in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was that from whenever he like wasn't leaving the house at all? Because like at the end of the movie, you're near the end, whenever the kids are like, Dad, you have to get food. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, it's on the list. <laughs> like, is that it was that when they had no food? <clears throat> I don't know. Was it that late in the movie? Like the the juice box part we fucking just like open, like start sipping a half <laughs> drank juice box. Yeah. And there was like that in like some disgusting fucking container in the fridge. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if that was like, if this flashback was from the end of the movie, whenever we see the kids telling him that he needs to get food and whenever Murray's locked up upstairs. See, I don't know. Cause like the flashbacks, stay pretty pretty well in like chronological order of the events that happened yeah they do so i don't know if something that happens at the earlier on in the movie would be representative of what was like showing at the end i don't know yeah that's why i was kind of confused but yeah i mean like you're a family of four and you have zero fucking food in your fridge like what's going on Mm -hmm. i did like the scene whenever Kaylee goes to pick up the mirror and she's like in it. And then she's like fucking talking to it. Yeah. She takes the, the sheet off and she says, Oh, you must be hungry. Mm-hmm. And then she like looks at the crack in it and she says, I hope this still hurts. Yeah. And then you get that whole scene with like the statues behind them and like they keep appearing and reappearing. And I think she knows what's happening. Yeah. But then you still get that pretty intense scene where she's like taking the sheets off the, statues yeah and then her fiance comes in before she gets to the last one and then you look in the mirror and it's gone yeah and then she kind of gets like a smile on her face like she knows Mm -hmm. and so during like some of these flashbacks we see kaylee and tim like they have a pretty solid relationship it seems yeah like they're always playing laser tag with each other Mm -hmm. and at one point we see that kaylee sees in the uh, the dad's office him with another woman Mm mm-hmm do you think that woman was like the first or this wasn't the first one because the first one was the last guy who got killed it was like one of the first women to be killed by the mirror. Well, cause we see a woman periodically throughout the movie. Yeah. Like Alan sees her at one point and he like flicks the light on and she's gone or what do you do? Do you flick the light on? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And she's gone, and then we see her at another point too. So I just, mm-hmm. I just assumed it was her that we kept there that uh, Kaylee had saw. Yeah, do you think that she was just a ghost, like a spirit? I'm guessing she's one of the women that was that was killed by the mirror. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Because near the end of the movie, whenever Marie is having like dinner with the kids, and she asks them like. 
who's the woman you saw? And Kaylee says, oh, there's no one there. And then Tim is like, yeah, I saw her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I saw her in the office. I saw her sitting on the stairs. Yeah. And Maria's like, well, what's she doing? He's like, I think she went back in the office. So I think she's definitely one of the former victims of the mirror. Yeah, because the mirror's in his office. So that yeah. that just what yeah. made sense to me. Um, but like the whole family seems to have a good like family dynamic. Like it's a solid family. Yeah. Until all start, this, definitely. Yeah, until all this shit starts happening. And like these accusations about having a female in his office start to derail um Marie a little bit and she starts questioning Alan and like who's this woman that's in your office? And he's like, there is no woman in my office. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. And then you can start to see like a little bit of a shift in the way that they interact with each other. Like Alan's in his office more often with the door shut. Marie's questioning why he's, why he's doing that. And yeah, it's, it's like a steady slope of things that keep happening. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, the one, one scene that really pissed me off during this movie and it was kind of like, I, I thought it was totally useless was whenever we get to the house and Tim and Kaylee are like in the room with the mirror and you see that Kaylee has pretty much set up like all the cameras and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And then she starts like talking into the camera and she's giving this like long ass lecture about the history of the, the Lazar mirror. Yeah. And I was like, this is just pointless. Like us as viewers isn't gonna fucking remember each and every victim that like what happened to them and you know, I just I felt like that was kind of useless. Like it was it was boring to me. Okay. See I'm kind of on the opposite side of the fence with that. I thought it was cool to see like all the different people that the mirror had killed. So it's not just like it's not just like Mike Flynn or whoever the writer of the movie was. It's not like he just like threw in like, oh yeah, she's or the mirror's been the cause of forty five deaths, and they just end it like that. Like, yeah, I, I thought it was kind of cool how we got a little bit of a backstory on like how far it's come and like how it disappeared for a while, and then it came back. And... I don't know. I just feel like it's a big info dump. Yeah, that's fair. I agree with what you said. Like nobody's going to remember all these people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a scene at the end of the movie where all of their spirits are in the room. Right. So it was kind of cool to see all them. Yeah, but we still could have gotten all their spirits without doing all that. Yeah. You know what? Um, Whatever, Brooke. Okay. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the, uh, what's it called? The uh, death trap? What was it called? <laughs> the uh, boat anchor? Well, yeah, the boat anchor, but what'd she call it? Oh, the kill switch. Kill switch, yeah. Engage. Yeah, the fucking yacht anchor. <laughs> it's like all the shit that's in this house. It's like, how do you have all this fucking money to buy all this shit? Like, she has like 25 lanterns around the house and mm-hmm. all these cameras, a fucking yacht anchor. Like, a yacht anchor can't be like fucking cheap. And she's got like 20 pounds worth of weights hooked up to it. It's like. There's no way that this girl could set up that fucking trap. That's a question that I had. Yeah. Because this yacht anchor, she mentions that it's like 40 pounds and she has another 20 or 40 pounds worth of like um, weights like 
barbell weights on it. Yeah. And it's hooked up to the ceiling and it's rigged up to this fucking uh, crank on the wall somehow. (laughs) And then that's rigged up to a fucking kitchen timer that she's built into an electrical outlet or some shit like that. Yeah, it's a fucking electrical box. Like, I work in electrical industry. Yeah. And you definitely have to be, like, an electrician to know fucking what size of wire, how much wire, you know, what size of box. You have to buy the switch. It's like, there's no way that she did all this. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, her fiancé works in the auction house with her, so it's not like we could use that as an excuse. Like, oh, he's an electrician. He helped her. Exactly. Furthermore, he doesn't know what the fuck she's doing in that house either. No, he just has to call call her every so often, and then he calls her, and she's like, uh, it's actually 6.53. Yeah. Can you call me in every hour or on something the, on like the that? hour. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, all right, I guess I'll call you in 47 minutes or whatever. <laughs> she uses the excuse that she's not that she's spending the night with her brother who just got out of a mental institution and she's not comfortable with it. So she wants him oh, to yeah. call and check on her. <laughs> and he's like, uh, I'm in the room with you. Like what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> but like the whole time Kaylee's going through all this shit, Tim is like, he's like, you're crazy. Like none of this stuff is real. Like it's all coincidence. Um, and he tries to say like, that it's basically PTSD that's affecting her mental health. And he learned all about it in the 11 years that he was at this Institute Mm -hmm. and all this shit. Like he's trying to convince her of a more logical explanation of everything. And she's just not having any of it. Yeah. Because it's weird that she's the only one that really remembers anything. Um, And she kind of blames it on like the Institute that he was in. Like she keeps saying, you know, throughout the whole movie, like, what they put in your fucking head and shit like that, because he keeps saying, yo, just like break the mirror. Just let the the kill switch go into it. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, you don't remember eh?" And he's like, yeah, just fucking smash it. And then you don't, you kind of get like a glimpse of what happens. Yeah. Which is another thing that really bugs me in the third act. Like you, you know exactly what's going to happen in the flashbacks. It's just, Mm -hmm showing you what happened even though you already know yeah like you know that the mirror can't be broken yeah and there's a few times where like they throw something at the mirror but it totally misses the mirror or they have the golf clubs as kids trying to smash it and Mm -hmm. you see them like smashing it but then the camera goes in front of it and they're just like have the golf clubs in the wall so you find it like the mirror is defending itself which i think is pretty cool like yeah but yeah, I just, I don't know. What do you think of all of that? I agree with you. Like, like, yeah, there's one thing about like having a movie that, um, uh, what's the fucking word that I'm looking for? Where like explain something that's going to happen later on in the movie. Why can't I not think of this fucking word? Like we, we foreshadow yes we say it all the fucking time <laughs> um it's one thing to have a movie that foreshadows what's going to happen later on in the movie but this like gives you like the whole story basically just yeah, in a I different felt, timeline yeah i felt like in the third act we were just rehashing everything that happened to them as a kid exactly like it wasn't anything new to us and it wasn't <laughs> 
like I didn't feel on like the kid side of like the the flashback. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like that sense of like intensity. Yeah. Or like what's gonna happen. Whereas like on the adult side, you know, you kind of see them be manipulated by the mirror. Yeah. Which is uh yeah, which I talk about in my review a bit a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do stuff. too. Um and like the mirror, I guess like it's it's supposed to be like haunted or this supernatural force that can't be killed. Mm-hmm. So I mean I guess it's you know, I'm trying to compare like apples to apples, but you know, it's like Chucky the doll, like it's a doll that's uh possessed by supernatural force yeah except like it's a you know it's not a fucking mirror (laughs) (laughs) was there ever a prequel movie to this there was a short film yeah i saw that that's it eh there's no prequel yeah pretty sure there's like the short film which i've never seen yeah that was also directed by flanagan yeah um okay never mind because i was one for some reason i thought that there was a uh a prequel I was going to say, I haven't seen it. Obviously I haven't seen it because it doesn't fucking exist, but it would be cool to see like what is possessed or what the mirror is possessed by. Yeah. Cause we never okay. learn that in this movie. We just know that it's kind of made its way through the, uh, through the centuries killing people. Yeah. Because the first guy, the, the King Lazar or whatever. Yeah. He had to like hunt up above his fireplace and then his house burnt down. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. And they thought that his spirit went into the mirror or I don't know. They don't really explain it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene with uh, Alan in his office in like the Band-Aid. I oh, thought it was dude. cool. Fuck. But fucking gross. Oh my God, man. <laughs> so do, like the mirror, do you think that it makes you see the things that like you could do to yourself by not actually doing them. Well, I think it just fucks with you and like it did it to them too. Right. Mm. Like later on in the movie. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know the purpose of it doing this stuff other than to just like fuck with you. Yeah. Because, like, the, later on with the, the light bulb, like, we'll talk about that, I'm sure. But, like, there's just different instances throughout the movie where it makes them see something that's not actually happening. Right. And I don't, like I said, I don't understand the purpose of it. Exactly. I kind of feel like the purpose of it is just for the audience. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not so much towards the story or anything like that. Yeah. Because, like a poltergeist is supposed to be like the trickster spirit sort of thing. But this is like way more than that. Yeah. Like this isn't just like a ball rolling down a hallway or some shit. Like this is like visions and hallucinations of stuff that's happening. That's not actually happening. Yeah. Like Alan has his bandaid. He, you know, he's trying to type up something, takes it off and they looks back down the bandaids back on. He grabs the, uh, the staple puller. I don't know if that's what it's called. <laughs> But he's just pulling, scientific name for it. Yeah, he's just pulling the Band-Aid off. And then you see him look down again, and he's fucking ripping his nail off. I was oh, like, oh, fuck. it's fucking nasty. Yeah. And this is where he is kind of starting to lose his mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because he brings the kids in, and like he sees the books on the floor. And he tells Kaylee and Tim, like, told you not to go to my office. Like, why are they 
the books on the floor. And he's like, at night, I can hear you in my office. And they're like, no, it wasn't us. Mm-hmm. And then you get the scene where he calls Maria the grotesque cow. Yeah. Or she hears him say that, but I don't think he actually does. Yeah. Word of advice, never call your wife a grotesque cow. Yeah. Yeah. 10 out of 10 times will not end well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, where do you think the dogs go? See, that's another question. Like, yeah. does the mirror eat them? <laughs> like, <laughs> I I don't know. You would think so because they their dog back in the day was named Mason, mm-hmm. and one day the Alan has gone golfing, and the dog doing crazy to get let in the office, and Marie lets him in, and the dog starts like whimpering, and then. She goes to open it and the door's locked. And then the dad comes home, goes in the office, and the dog isn't there. Yeah. So it's like, what the fuck happened to the dog? Yeah, I don't know. Well, and like uh, Kaylee at the start, you'd mentioned already, like, oh, you must be hungry. So I don't know. Like, does it feed on living beings? I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't, I don't know. Yeah, again, <laughs> just another <laughs> fucking question. Um, so then like, uh, Tim is pretty much, he's given up at this point mm-hmm. and he's about to leave. And then they have like some vision again. And then they, Kaylee goes back in the room and she sees that the cameras are like pointed together. Um, the dog cage is like lifted up, like where the mirror is at the same height. Yeah. All the plants are dead, which we never mentioned before, but basically mm-hmm. The mirror kills plants in a 30 foot radius. Yeah. Um, so then this is where they kind of they look at the the camera footage and they see themselves moving the cameras and having the conversation that we saw mm-hmm. of them outside. Yeah. So do you think that's do you think they did it? Or do you think that that's just another trick of the cam the trick from the mirror? I don't know. I think that's what the movie. Like, I think that's what Flanagan wants you to do. Just question everything. Exactly. Yeah. Because like, like, there is no definitive answer. mm -hmm. Because either either answer like works. Like, oh, the mirror just made it look like that for the cameras, or Mm -hmm. uh, the mirror is making us think like making us as viewers vision or hallucinate them outside. Whereas they were actually inside the house, fucking everything up. Exactly. Same with like the end of the movie. Like Mm -hmm. did Tim really do that? Or was he just seeing that? And Kaylee just, yeah. So, um, another thing that, uh, I didn't really like was like, I think Marie goes into his office like when he's gone or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she's like checking out his desk and stuff. And she sees hi- him like written down in his book, Marisol or yeah. Marisol or whatever it is. Like there's this name written on this book, like covered the page. Yeah. And she kind of freaks out, but it never <laughs> touches on at all who this Marisol is. She was one of the ones that, She's one of the spirits. I mean, I kind of had to gather that myself, but, yeah. you know, it never really says. 
I think she was one of the ones that Kaylee's rambling off at the start. Oh, uh, okay. Which just further proves your point that <laughs> you're not going to remember any of them. <laughs> uh, so they won the, one of the flashbacks, Marie is basically trying to kill the two kids. And then the dad comes up and he basically fucking rear naked chokes her. Yeah. Right out. And I was thinking throughout this scene, like, how do you know, like, whenever you've just knocked someone out or when you've killed someone? Hmm. That's true, eh? Because, like, doing, like, a choke, like, you're choking someone out, like, like, how is, like, what's the difference between, you know, knocking someone out cold and then fucking cutting their breath off? Yeah, because we've seen, like, I think maybe it's because of, like, Normally when we see somebody get choked out like to death, it's with something small. So I think right. it like breaks the airway. Mm. Whereas with an arm, like your arm is a lot bigger than like, let's just say your thumbs. If you're like fucking squeezing somebody's neck or like with right. a piano wire or something like that. So I think it's just like, it just cuts off the airway where it doesn't actually like break your. Right. Tra- so they just, kind of, they just kind of pass out. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, I'm not a doctor or an expert or anything that's just my theory i mean this is now the podcast with brooke and bill nye the science guy (laughs) science (laughs) rules um i let's talk about this fucking apple and light bulb zine oh fuck it's so brutal man Mm -hmm. because it kind of teases you a bit right like she has those big uh light bulbs yeah right beside the apple and like she's changing the light bulb. She the camera like pans to it. She picks up the other light bulb, picks up the apple, takes a bite of it, and then picks up what you think is the the apple. All here is like a like a crunch. Yeah, and it's like, and they see her face, and she's all bloody in her mouth, and she's like, "Holy fuck!" Like you can see in her eyes, like, "What the fuck did I just do?" Like I just <laughs> yeah. bit this fucking light bulb. Yeah. And she like pulls out the glass and she's bleeding everywhere. And then Tim comes in. He's like, what's wrong? And then she just has the apple in her hand. Mm -hmm. And oh man, that would not be pleasant. That would, that'd be so painful, man. Like think about just like whenever you get a chip, like stuck in the roof of your mouth or something like that. Like imagine a fucking shard of glass. Yeah. Oh, or even like the fucking Joker. He, Putting razor blades in his mouth. Yeah, fuck me. Swish him around. <sighs> no, thank you. It's brutal. But it ends up just being the apple, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so we think. So we think. Yeah. <laughs> I love the scene whenever the kids go into like the bed or the office, and this is after he has the mom in the bedroom. You don't know what. Like what's happening in the in the bedroom? You just know that he tells them like, "Oh, don't go in our bedroom. Mother's fine. She's just sick." And I love like they keep going to the dad, and he just keeps saying, "It's on my list. <laughs> it's on my list." Yeah. He's just like zoned out. So at this out. point, at this point, do you think that both parents were just fucking gone, See, or do you think the dad was just trying to? get control of the situation and didn't really know what to do with Marie. I feel like the, I feel like Alan saw what was happening, like what had happened to Marie 
And mm-hmm. I feel like he was starting to recognize it happening in himself. Right. And before he got to that point, he, cause he tells Tim to shoot him. Yeah. Well, he pulls the trigger. Well, yeah, exactly. But like Tim's holding the gun and Alan's like, Alan just says run. And then he pulls the trigger for Tim. Yeah. So I think Alan like knew that he was on that same path. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe he knew that he just killed his wife in front of his kids and he didn't want to live with that. I don't know. Yeah, but she wasn't dead at that point. She was just fucking crazy. Was she not? No, because she was chained up like eating plates and shit. <laughs> eating plates <laughs> and shit. I thought he killed her. No, he kills her at the end whenever she he lets her go. And then Marie is about is choking out Kaylee. Yeah. And then Kaylee is like, yeah, that was like way after the point at that part. Because whenever he's in the office and she's like, we need food, dad. And he's like, what about mom? And he's like, she's just sick. I don't think she was dead at that point. No, 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 not at that point. I thought we were talking about Tim killing him. No, no, I wasn't getting to that part yet. Oh, fuck. I totally misunderstood what you said then. (laughs) But, um... Anyway, but, like, one point, Alan basically says, like, oh, you guys are grounded. And then he's like, you can't leave this property or the front door. And then the next scene, Kaylee goes against the fucking neighbor. Yeah. I was like... I thought she couldn't leave. How did she go get the neighbor? <laughs> I guess we're getting into the... I'm trying to... Here we go. I was trying to find where I was in our notes. Or trying to find where oh. we were in my notes. Um, Yeah, this is where Michael shows up. Yeah. yeah. And Kaylee is like in the kitchen. It's like all dark and stuff. They lost the power. And then she like turns around and she sees that girl who... I'm guessing is maybe Marisol. Mm-hmm. And then she just like stabs the plate. Oh yeah. This, before this, she goes up and she sees the mom fucking munching down on the plate. Yeah. Like a fucking savage. Yeah. Cause they go up to tell the mother that they're all out of food. Yeah. And then, okay. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. Gone to the scene. We just talked about it. All right. We're, um, we're back in it. Together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she's downstairs and she turns around and sees Marisol or whoever this woman is. And she, stabs her in the throat with the plate and then you see it change to michael her fiance which is like what the fuck are you doing there man yeah but that made me think like okay maybe it's not actually there mm-hmm. but then we find out he is or I, I actually i don't know did we find out that he actually is like well because from her point of view whenever she was upstairs with her mom she saw like the broken plate and stuff like that. Yeah. But then whenever she put her camera from her iPhone over it, the plate wasn't there. Yeah. So then when she stabs him, she they saw Michael dead. Mm-hmm. But then she was like, oh, the plate wasn't real. And then Tim picks up the plate and it's bloody. And then she picks up her iPhone and looks at Michael and she can see him through the, the camera. So which... I guess means that he's actually there and dead. See, I don't think she stabbed him with a plate because it shows one of the the planters broken. It was like a ceramic planter. Oh, well, it could have been, yeah. So 
that's very similar yeah 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 no but i think that's why like she's trying to justify that the plate wasn't there but she didn't stab him with a plate oh i get you okay she stabbed him with a planter which was there and broken right because yes you're right actually because before whatever she was in like the kitchen area she's like Oh, another dead fucking plant, and then kicked it. Yeah. And smashed. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So I think it's her trying to, like, say, like, trying to convince herself that it didn't actually happen because yeah. the plate wasn't there, but it has nothing and, to do with the plate. <laughs> and she kept saying, oh, it's not real, it's not real. And I was just said to myself, looks pretty fucking real to me. Um, and then they're like, they're both outside looking at themselves, like looking at the mirror. And this is where they're having like the back and forth. Like Tim is like, no, it's not happening. And Kaylee's like, well, what if we go in there and, you know, we end up dying or something like that. Mm. And, uh, yeah. So we kind of see like the whole story of how Tim got into the mental institution. Like we see, they're locked in the room and they get out and she like tells her brother, like run downstairs as soon as you can. And then they get stopped by Murray and Kelly just fucking smashes her in the head with a golf club. Yeah. Gets outside. <coughs> and then they think they both get back inside and Kelly ends up starting to get choked by the mom mm-hmm. and she's about to kill her. And then Marie's like, kind of says mom i think and then marie kind of like realizes what the fuck she's doing and she's about to like stop killing her mm-hmm. and then alan comes up behind her and shoots her in the back like two times and then ends up killing her yeah um one thing we forgot to mention too whenever kaylee stabs michael in the neck her phone rings again and it's right michael, it's michael calling her for a check-in so it just further exemplifies the whole like Right, but then it's like a bunch of like mumbo jumbo on the other line. Well, he said he does say like, "Oh, just call from a check in, make sure you're all right." Yeah, and then she's like, "See, was this even him?" Right, exactly. It's not because he's dead. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, and then they get into the office, and this is where the kids are trying to break the mirror and they can't. And then Alan comes in, and he's about to shoot one of them and then he doesn't and then basically i was about to shoot them and i think tim hits the gun out of his hand Mm -hmm. and then he picks up the gun and is about to shoot his dad and the dad kind of puts his finger over the trigger to help him shoot himself yeah and says run yeah and then has like do you see the mirror kind of crack where we saw before Mm -hmm. and then that's where Younger Tim gets arrested for killing his dad. I felt so bad for him. Oh, me too. Like, that would be so terrifying. Like, everything that you just went through, and now there's cops, like, picking you up and throwing you in a cop car. Yeah. And then I feel like the very last kill, I feel like they just did that so we could actually see the fucking anchor kill somebody. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I don't know about you, but the whole time I was like, okay, this has to go through somebody. (laughs) (laughs) And then we see Kaylee as a young girl in front of the mirror. And we see like the mom on the other side and she ends up hugging the mom. Mm -hmm. And then in the further timeline, older Tim, he 
decides he's going to set the kill switch off, so he sets the trigger, the thing goes down, and it stabs Kaylee in the back. Yeah. And then kills her. It's quite the death. It is. I mean, that would go through her into the mirror, right? Well, you would assume so. Like, it has to. But the mirror's protecting itself. Yeah, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah, and then basically, the cops show up. Tim, we hear the cops telling us this, that he said he pulled the kill switch, and then he called the cops and confessed to everything, basically. No, because he called the cops before... Oh, okay. Because remember, he called the cops like probably like, I don't know, 15 minutes before this. And then Kaylee flips out on him for calling them. And he's like, it's over. It's done. Like, we just have to wait for the kill switch to go off. We won't reset it. It'll Mm -hmm. smash the mirror. And then we can just like fucking leave, basically. Yeah. But then all this happens and the cops are like, this is the same guy that called the cops. And then he went and did this. Yeah. Yeah. So... Once yeah. again, Tim is arrested. Tim is arrested. And uh, that's the way the blood splatters. Mm-hmm. Or did it. Or did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anything else you wanted to add? I liked this end I like this end scene like while he's driving away in the cop car because you see all the the spirits of his family, like in the window of the house. Like his family or the ones from the mirror? His family. Oh, I thought it was all the ones for the mirror. Or maybe. Anyways, you see a bunch of spirits. I thought yeah, it was his yeah, family, yeah. but maybe it wasn't. Well, I think during like the whole kerfuffle, whenever the dad gets killed and mm-hmm. kills the mom, you see all the spirits like around him. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. This movie's fucking confusing. Yes, it is. <sighs> <laughs> You want to do your reviews first? Sure. So I gave my story a 4 out of 10. Okay. Um, I said if there was one man to make a horror movie about a killer mirror pretty decent, it's Mike Flanagan. (laughs) However, even he has a hard time juggling the timelines of the younger kids and the older ones. Mm -hmm. There's too much happening, especially in the third act where there's just so much going on. I found the flashbacks in them intertwining with the two sets of kids totally useless as we know exactly what happened back in the day. Mm-hmm. And my quality, I gave a 5 out of 10. Okay. Um, I think Flanagan's movies get better as he works on his craft. With this being his first movie in the mainstream, I think it's filmed well for that. His vision is there, but just didn't pull it off for me. The acting was good, and the one that stood up for me was actually Rory Cochrane. Okay. Um, I thought the sound design was really, really good as well. Okay. So yeah, four out of 10 and five out of 10. Cool. Yeah. I was watching this last night on my laptop. Sarah was watching Lucifer on the TV. Nice. And uh, she's like, what are you watching? I said, Oculus. She said, what's it about? I said, a killer mirror. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, well, it's it's better than killer wind. That's true. (laughs) <laughs> that is true. What a dog shit movie that is. Anyways, um, I also gave my story a four out of ten. All right. I said this movie has two timelines, two timelines that could easily be split up into two movies. And in my opinion, I probably would have liked it better if they had went this route. 
Yep. Both timelines were really good on their own, but combining them both in one movie became a confusing mess of back and forth from past to present. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kid's timeline was creepy as all hell, and seeing Katie Sackhoff transform into this beat-up, animalistic, possessed mother bent on killing her family was scary as fuck. The ad- adult kid's timeline showed the effects of sorry, showed the effects a traumatic event can have on someone's mental health and how far they'll go to prove something. There was just a lot going on all at once and it became hard to watch at some points. They left it so open-ended as well and I wish they would have concluded it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. The quality, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Okay. I said, if, <laughs> ironically enough, I said if it wasn't for Katie Sackhoff's performance in this movie, I likely would have given it a 5 for quality. Right. Which is what you gave it. <laughs> um, it wasn't bad at all, but she definitely made the movie a lot better. Uh, the CGI didn't hold up very well in some parts, but the entities were still pretty damn creepy looking. The actors did a good job as well. Just The other actors did a good job as well, just not at the same level. Um, I felt a genuine sense of dread whenever Katie Sackhoff was on screen and possessed. I found the setting to be fairly mediocre. The house wasn't a typical creepy house that you see in possession type movies. Yeah, because all you really see in the one room is the office. Mm-hmm. And like towards the end, you see them like running through the house and whatnot, but it's not like, yeah, yeah. You don't see a whole lot of it, but yeah, story four to 10 quality, seven out of 10. All right. All right. So we weren't too far off from each other. No, we weren't. Are you still scared of mirrors? Eh, I mean, I'll just go <laughs> buy a yacht anchor and yeah. have my way with it. All right. You guys know our scores. Let's head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see what they've scored it. The critics' consensus with an emphasis on dread over gore and an ending that leaves the door wide open for sequels, Oculus could be just the first spine-tingling chapter in a new franchise for discerning horror fans. I hope they don't make a fucking sequel. Well, I was just going to say, this movie's eight years old now and we haven't seen one, so... Yeah. And if they do make a sequel, like I hope Flanagan directs it. Because I feel like now in his career, like I agree with what you said, like his movies have progressively gotten better. Yeah. And like Hill House was fucking amazing. Blind Manor was amazing. So, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what he would do. I would like to see a prequel rather than a sequel. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. Anyways. So based on that consensus, what do you think the critics scored it? Um, I'm going to say... A 62%. Oh, you are off, my friend. Really? Mm-hmm. This blew my mind. The critics gave this movie a 74%. 74? Yeah, on 156 ratings. Wow. Uh, the average mm-hmm. score was a 6.5 out of 10. Okay. So you were close on that regard. Still too high. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the audience gave it a 53% on okay. t- 25,000 ratings mm-hmm. and an average score of 3.3 out of 5. Yeah, still too high. Still too high. Uh, <laughs> what I don't... So I was confused whenever I was looking at this one. I was like, okay, 53%, the average rating is 3.3 to 5. I'm like, this doesn't fucking match up. Like, How do they determine this fucking percentage on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. So I clicked the little fucking info button. So for the audience, how they get that percentage 
It's based on how many users on Rotten Tomatoes rated it a 3.5 out of 5 or higher. Really? Yeah. What about the other fucking half? Right? Like, I don't don't know. Like, I'm starting to understand why Josh hates Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) Because, like, their system is so fucked up, man. Yeah. Just give us a fucking rating. We should start using Metacritic. Oh, man, that's rough. Metacritic's a hard fucking... I know. It is. They're a hard rating system. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, anyways, you obviously agree more with the audience out of 53%. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the middle. Yeah, I'd give it like a maybe a six, five point five is five point five to a six. All right. Anywho, ready for that scare section? Yes, sir. Oh. Okay, what did you give it for a scare rating? So I gave it a three out of ten. Um, I thought it was very creepy, and some scenes were pretty intense. There was a few very well-filmed scare scenes, a lot of cringeworthy scenes, Mm -hmm. which were very hard to watch. Uh, My scariest scene, uh, it was actually pretty hard to choose a scary scene, not because there was not that many, but because I thought there was a few good ones I could have picked. But I picked the the plate being eaten by Marie. (laughs) Okay. Um, I do wish there was more lighting in that scene because you don't really see much. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's where the sound design kind of came in that I really liked. Yeah. You just like hear her fucking munching on the plate and you see this big hunk of meat like fall out of her mouth. Oh, oh that's so fucking gross. nasty. Yeah. And for what I survived, I put yes, I would just sell the fucking mirror for $12,000. <laughs> you wouldn't have the mirror in the first place because I don't think either one of us is dropping 12 G's on a that's fucking true. mirror. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. My scare rating, I gave it a five out of 10. All right. I said, I remember when I first watched this, it scared the shit out of me. It still has a fair share of scares, but the creepy faces and whatnot don't do it for me anymore. Like, with their eyes like illuminated and shit. I don't know. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was really scary to me is Katie Sackhoff's performance. Once she becomes possessed, she, I found she had a very like Tony Collette feel to her, like how she was scurrying around the house and just yeah. like popping up and standing behind people. Like, it, like her performance blew me away in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and my scariest scene, <clears throat> uh, the one scene where she's chasing them to the bedroom yeah she's chasing them through the house like you know i hate like chase scenes like i mentioned it i think in our train to busan episode i was just like it just fucking gets my heart pumping so hard (laughs) like it just like anxiety to the max yeah um so that whole scene where she's chasing them around the house and they finally lock themselves in the bedroom it like that just fucked me right up (laughs) uh would i survive i said no that mirror would have fucked me up royally all right realistically i wouldn't have it that's true all right we are not doing a trivia nope for this episode um you ever so graciously let me pick this movie so you're going to pick our next movie Woo! (laughs) (laughs) um so i did have a few choices but today what you can only have one i know but uh, today, we're recording this on July 5th, and the late, great Richard Donner unfortunately passed away today. Oh. So next week, we'll be talking about 
1976's The Omen. Shit, okay. Nice. Yeah. I'm down with that. Me too. I haven't watched that in a long time. Me either. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know he passed away today. Yeah. Fuck. That's sad. Yeah. So, we're talking about The Omen. Cool. I'm excited. Me too. All right. If you guys want to find us on social media, you can find us anywhere at a podcast on Elm Street. Click the link in our bio on Instagram. We have links to our Patreon account. Uh, we also have links to our T Public, where we have all of our merch. Um, mm-hmm. There's links to our Discord servers, our Twitch channel, which is very inactive right now, <laughs> and anywhere that you can listen to us. So, if this is your first time listening, check that out. Mm-hmm. And if you're up for a collaboration or a guest spot or you want us to come on your podcast or anything like that, if you want to shoot the shit, slide into those DMs because we are always willing to talk. Yes, we are. We're a podcast. So, I mean, like, we make millions of dollars by talking. So, definitely Joe Rogan money. Yes. Mm -hmm, For sure. I'm moving down to Texas (laughs) pretty soon. Man, for real, though, I just saw a post on Instagram today and I sent it to Sarah and it was Mm -hmm. this house in Texas. And yeah. up here, it was like easily two and a half to three million dollars. And it was on the market down there for 300,000. What? Yeah. Like, That's crazy. This house was a mansion. Wow. So I think, I think we need to pack up and move. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. See you later.